0: Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your son. Thank you for your people. We thank you for your spirit. And Lord, we ask that your spirit would empower us through your word to help your people and glorify your son. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Who has heard of the law of attraction? Alright, somebody give me a, a definition. The law of attraction. The law of attraction as you know it today is, is broken down as a, a fundamental law of the, or basic law of the universe as I described it. Okay. You attract that which you're on frequency of. I have to do that because they online can't necessarily hear you. Yeah, so no, I got to repeat. So, okay. So it's a, you're saying it's a, it's a universal law. It's always, action. It's always in action. And you attract to yourself what you are in frequency with. That's what it says. And uh, someone give me an example of what, what would that look like? Practically. say again the earth attracts the moon okay the the, the, the the tides and the moon that kind of thing but more more so when it comes to people right this is the the the, the main thrust of of this uh, philosophy of thought so if i so, if I say I'm going to be successful, that's what I'm going to be. Or like negative connotations to, like, if you say, like, I don't want to be late to work, I don't want to be late to work, I don't want to be late to work, but you focus on being late to work when you think you're late to work. Okay, so, and then on, conversely, on the negative side, if I keep saying, you know, I don't want to be late to work, I don't want to be late to work, you end up being late to work, because you attracted that outcome to yourself. Okay. Uh, now, you said something interesting. You said in the secular realm. So you, it seems like you made a distinction between the secular realm and the spiritual realm. Is that what you were doing? I think just like a first-to-the-world worldview, like without this. Okay. Okay, so this is a very popular philosophy in the world, but it's also become very popular in many churches. The law of attraction. Question is: Is it biblical? Right? I mean, at the end of the day, that is the question of questions. So, what are some verses that people would use, or that people do use, to say, "Yes, this is this is not only." Um, something that we we, we should accept is something that's actually taught in Scripture. Ask and you shall receive. Ask
1: and you shall receive.
0: Okay. So we're, we're going to look at that, and thanks for bringing that one. Uh, but first, let's look at Proverbs eighteen twenty-one. I think this might be another, another popular uh, passage that people would use to say this is what the Bible teaches. Somebody read Proverbs eighteen twenty-one. We got New King James back there too. What does that say? Get life the power of and those who Okay, so basically the same thing. So we get the the basic The power of death is in your tongue. If you say certain things, death, negative, right, you're going to speak death to yourself. Also, if you say life words positive things, right? I am smart. I am intelligent. I am whatever. Then you speak that to yourself. The question is, is this what this is actually teaching? And how do we know? Okay, so let's 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 step back and look at from a bird's eye view at this teaching. This ability to control outcomes by what we say or what we don't say—what's missing from this? Hmm. Well, I would. What do you mean? Because they would say, "No, the power is in the the law." This is a law. It's like a natural law, universal law. There's power there. And you activate that power by your words, by your thoughts. So I wouldn't say power is missing. Uh, I think something far more significant. Well, God himself, and then we have the sovereignty of God. What this philosophy does is it takes the power away from God to control outcomes and puts it in the power of man. So what it does is actually deifies man, makes man God. Who created the world by speech? God. So it takes the power that belongs to God to create or destroy by words and gives it to man. Now God becomes now an errand boy because no Christian, even the Christian who would accept this philosophy would say, oh, no, no, God's involved, but now God is the one who is running our errands. I speak life, and now God is the one who needs to bring that about, because I don't have the power within myself, but I'm activating something by my speech, and now God needs to follow that. Or if I say something negative, now God's going to be... So God becomes our servant, and we become God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, excellent point. So, spiritual gifts, right? Here you have the apostles who were given authority by Christ to do miracles. Um, question is, could they turn it on and off as they pleased? Take for example, Paul, right? Here's the apostle Paul. Paul told Timothy, you have a stomach problem. He didn't say, therefore, I heal you in the name of the Lord Jesus. What did Paul tell Timothy? Take some wine for your stomach's sake. Wait a minute, you're an apostle, <laughs> right? I mean, don't you have this power? He, they couldn't turn it on and off as they please. It's the Lord's will. It's his um, so that's that's how I would, I would speak to that. And then think of, you bring up Peter, which is a great example. Peter told Jesus, well, first, the Lord Jesus asked Peter, who do men say that I am? You know, Some say you're Elijah, some say John the Baptist, some say one of the prophets. Who do you say that I am? You are Christ, the son of the living God. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven, right? So, and on this rock, i So glowing, excellent confessions, the church is built upon the confession of who Christ is. Amen. And then Jesus goes on to say that he is going to be delivered over into the hands of sinful man. He's going to be put, he's going to be killed, right? And what does Peter say to him? He said, this will never happen to you. Now, if the law of attraction, if the power of life and death is really in the tongue, Peter stops Jesus from going to the cross merely by saying it will not happen. No, (laughs) he doesn't have that power, and none of us do. Um, Again, if this was a real thing, we would all be billionaires merely by saying my bank account is filled. That's not what this is teaching. Proverbs 18, 21 is telling us that there is indeed power in what we say. You can encourage people. Um, Every parent knows that you can say things that will encourage your child or discourage your child. Every person here is the child of someone, and you know what it is to have someone say something to you that builds you up, right, makes you feel like you can accomplish things, and when you're told things, that makes you feel like you are worthless, Right? There is power in what we say. And in a greater extent, preaching the gospel is done through words. We can literally preach life or the false teacher preaches death. There is power in what we say, but not in this um, metaphysical, uh, new age, new thought, mysticism that really comes out of paganism, comes out of witchcraft. If you think of what... Um, The uh, Wiccans believe witchcraft. They have spells, magical incantations. If I say these words a certain way, there are going to be certain things that happen. If I say this this way, this is going to happen. That's paganism. That's witchcraft. That's not Christianity. Um, But let's go to uh, Matthew 7 because this is another passage, as was mentioned, that is used to say, but doesn't this teach this? Uh, Matthew 7 and verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks it will be opened. Okay, well doesn't that seem to say that, hey, speak it, right? Bring positive things to yourself, or you can bring negative things to yourself by asking or knocking or seeking. Well, if we keep reading, first we see who are we asking or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So the the, the message here is prayer. right? It's not speaking um, words into the... Ether into the universe and bringing things to yourself, it's asking the Lord to do certain things. And what's the context of this verse? The Lord Jesus has just finished laying out this amazing Sermon on the Mount where he has laid out love your enemies. And you say, how can I possibly love my enemies when they insult me? How can I love those who wrong me? How can I love those who persecute me? I don't have that ability. I don't have that power. How can I not worry or be anxious? How is it that I am going to be able to accomplish all of the things that the Lord has just laid out? If you look with lust, you've committed adultery. What man has the power? What woman has the power to never look? If you are angry, you've committed murder. Who has the power to never get angry? How can we do this? Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. And you say, wow, this, this, this is very difficult. Fasting, don't, don't, don't look for applause. Don't look for people to look at you. The whole point of this is The Lord will give you what is necessary in order for you to be able to walk in a manner worthy of what he has just preached. That's what we're asking for. That's what we're seeking for. That's what we're knocking for. Just like he says, um, seek first the kingdom and its righteousness and all these things. What are these things? Well, he says, don't the Gentiles worry about clothes and food, the basic necessities of life? Isn't this what they go after and they're worried about and they're anxious about? But not you, because you have a heavenly father who loves you. And we need the heart and the eyes to be able to see clearly. And we get so distracted and we get so confused and we get so bombarded with everything else. And the Lord says, This is the way to have these blessed treasures. Ask him for them. Knock, seek them, and he will supply. Ask the Father, and he will give you what is necessary. That's what's being taught here. But the concept that we can create our own reality by our words is pagan and not Christian. Yeah. I'm saying that the law of attraction does not exist. Not, not, even, a bit. not even a little bit.
1: So quite over. This is also a preference to yeah. believe that we be see from Jesus above all things. This does not like it does not matter as much as really to connect to him. Mm. But my question mostly if it didn't exist in the human shape of form, how come in with the Tower of Babel when they had faith enough to believe that they could build a Tower to Heaven? Mm. God had sent angels to stop them and to disrupt them because he said that they wouldn't do it, that they would be capable of doing it because they came together as one people and they could do it.
0: Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. So the Tower of Babel, they were of one mind, one thought, one goal, which was a wicked goal, a wicked thought, and a wicked mind. But they accomplished great things together. Uh, If you work hard, you will see results, right? If if you work together. you know, somebody said if you have a, a hand like this or a hand like this, it's stronger if it's a fist. There is a reality that unity, teamwork, these things do bring results. Uh, but that's not the law of attraction. That's, that's the law of hard work. And if you have unity, there's help there too. So if you have hard workers who are unified, they can accomplish great things for evil or good. So if we say what law is, is at work there, well, that would be the law of... Of unity or the law of work uh, but even then remember uh, what does the the pro, the psalm teach us that unless the lord keeps the house the laborers labor in vain the watchmen watch in vain we can attempt to do all that we want to do in our own power but the lord is like, one of my best friends his name is mario uh he, he would always do this in evangelism he would say Open your hand and close your hand, and you do it, right? He says, okay, now make your heart beat. We don't control that. The Lord controls our heart. At any moment, boom, your heart is done. Your breath is done. Your oxygen no longer goes in and out. He holds the universe up by the word of his power, and he can stop it at any moment he wants to. So even if we are unified, and we're together, and we're working hard... All the nations together, the Bible says, are a drop in the bucket. They are dust on the scales. God can stop it all without any effort at all. So there is no law at work that is um, above him. Right. And I know you're not saying that. But what this law is teaching is that, yo, this this is something that's going to happen, period. It, it, It just is what it is. But that, again, takes the sovereignty of God away from him. It takes the providence of God away from him. It takes the plans of God away from him. The Lord has plans. Um, Saul, he set out, I am going to kill Christians. This is my mission in life. He had permission. He had funds. He had a heart for it, a passion. He's on his way. The Lord stops him in his tracks. Nope. Jonah, I am not going to Nineveh. I'm going the complete opposite way. He's headed that way. The Lord says, nope. At the end of the day, we stand before a sovereign God and it's his will and his plan and his desires that will come to fruition, even if it goes totally against what we want. At the end of the day, that is the most important part of all of this. ABSOLUTELY.
1: Mm-hmm. That faith is really what allows God to do things through us or move through us or to do us. But then as I get older, I start hearing other kids' minds talking about the law of attraction, and they're using this faith rhetoric right, now inside of their own.
0: Sure. The determination, right, yeah, they, they, they have a dream, and so is it, you know, gravity, right, what goes up must come down, um, That it operates under God: One of the questions that we always have to ask is, where does it come from? This idea of this law of attraction, does it come from reading the Bible and saying, "This is what I see here?" Or do we go to the Bible with this belief and find it in there, right? The law of attraction comes from new thought metaphysics. It has the idea that, again, we are gods and that we can create our own reality. And in the church, there is a, a, um, a false heretical theology called word faith theology, which they take, uh, here I am in Romans 4, and... This is often quoted. Um, You call into existence the things that do not exist. Y'all have heard that before, right? But what they don't tell you is who is being talked about there. God calls into existence the things that do not exist. Not us. But what they teach you is you are creating the image of God. You are a little God. And if God can do it, then you can do it. So God creates his world by speech you're a little God creating the image of God, so you create your world by speech. Once again, you have to say, where does that come from? And when you look into the, the founding fathers of word, faith, theology, they were mixed up in new thought metaphysics, mysticism, Eastern thought, not Christianity. So when we look at the origin of this thing, we say, okay, it's pagan, it's heretical, and People have used the Bible to teach all kinds of error, but not because the Bible teaches it, but because they go to the Bible with a preconceived notion. They already have the thought, and they just use the Bible to support what they already believe. When we hold up the sovereignty of God, which says that the Lord controls every single thing. I mean, think of this. Proverbs says, The lot is cast into the lap but the outcome is from the Lord. In other words, you roll the dice, the numbers on the die are predetermined by the sovereign God. Every single thing that happens, like R.C. Sproul would say, if there's even one maverick molecule in the universe, God is not God. If he does not have control of all things, then he is not the Lord of all things. So, When you have a sovereign God who controls all things, and then you have this law that allows for me to control my own world, they are incompatible.
1: Would you say that God controls us and our free will?
0: I would say that God, does God control us and our free will? I would have to say, what do we mean by free will? Yes and no. Um, what is prophecy? Uh, so, yeah, so you, you, you ask yourself the question, the things that the Lord has prophesied, will they happen? Absolutely. So then there's control, right? And yet, we are also... We make decisions that are real decisions. Uh, So there's a big plan, and then there is us working it out. And there is a mystery to this, and so that's why I say yes and no. We really do make decisions, and yet every decision is within this uh, realm of the sovereignty and predetermined plan of God. So we're not robots. It's not fatalism, but it is predestination, predetermination, these are all biblical terms. uh, You know... Precisely. I I wouldn't put fear into the equation at all except fear of error. If the law of attraction were true, all of us would be in hell. Right? We have attracted that to ourselves. We were born sinful. We have pursued sin. We went after our idols, our, our lusts, our pride, our anger. We went after all the things that should bring judgment upon us. If there was ever a a, a display of the law of attraction, an opportunity for it to be proven true, it would be every sinner on the face of the earth going after their sin and sin brings death. But if it's true, it's always going to happen regardless, right?
1: God has a God has a
0: plan. So then what we're so then is it Well, I I would encourage you to, and I would encourage you to study it in this way. Abandon it and start with scripture, right? Um, That's like, uh, what does it say in Romans 12, right? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, so we say, okay, I come into Christianity with certain thoughts and ideas, philosophies, worldviews, but I have to put everything through the filter, the strainer of scripture. Does it remain? And I think what you're doing, which is again, what we all do, is you're starting off with the belief that it's true. And then you're going to scripture and saying, see, I see it here, there, and there, rather than starting with scripture and saying, does the Bible actually teach this? It teaches prayer, but that's not the law of attraction. It teaches the sovereignty of God, but that's not the law of attraction. It teaches you sow and you reap, right? If you sow to the flesh, you will reap corruption. If you sow to the spirit, you will reap life. But again, that's not the law of attraction either because the law of attraction is a specific thing that comes from a specific source that had a specific worldview and that worldview is pagan. And we have to be very careful that we don't take pagan thoughts and bring them into Christianity and give them a new name. The Bible has names for the things that you're talking about, but it wouldn't be called the Law of Attraction. Uh, so, yeah. I, the, yeah. Um, I, I did start off not believing the Law of Attraction, actually. And then the more I heard about it, a lot of people were saying things that the Bible had one name for it, and
1: they were calling it this. if hmm. the Bible called it this, this is what it is. Right. not this thing, they may be they may sound and operate the same, but this is what it actually is and how it actually works in the kingdom versus how you're thinking it works on earth which is moving itself. I mean this, that's where I ended up, but I haven't I don't think I haven't finished there. I'm more so just kind of seeing if God will explain to me what this what this is and what the people are using
0: because like i said He absolutely that. will right here. Yeah, and so study the text, study to show yourself approved in it, and you will find every answer that, that you need. Um, but I, I, am, I am giving a stern warning against embracing this philosophy because, as I said in the outset, it removes God from the equation, and the law stands by itself, and we have the power to create or destroy Based on what we say, and frequencies, and all of this, it's very similar to karma. Right? We bring these um, these uh, rebirths upon ourselves based on previous things. It is all of this comes from this eastern way of thinking that is unbiblical. So, just be very careful about adopting any of these things that fly in the face of what God's word actually says Um, which again like you said you are starting with scripture and not the law of attraction any other questions about that secret. Yeah. What did Satan offer Jesus if he worshiped him? All the kingdoms, right? Wealth, prosperity, success, no cross, can have it all. He still offers that to men and women today, and many take it. It's not from God, it's from the devil. In addition to that, the the law of attraction does not take into account mercy. It's works. I bring this to myself because I did the right thing. I said the right thing. I believe the right thing. I want this. We are we are poor in spirit. This is why I go back to the whole ask, seek, knock. No one can live up to the Sermon on the Mount apart from the grace of God. If we got what we deserve, we would be in hell. Everything that we have is not because we did something right. It's because of the mercy of God, the grace of... What did Paul say? I am what I am. How? The grace of God to me. Grace is undeserved kindness from God. I don't deserve anything. Nothing except wrath. So everything that we have that's good comes from His kindness. That's not the same thing that's being taught there. So... um, yeah, amen. Uh, okay. I've never heard yeah. of all this, the only okay. reference I had in my mind was I thought it was like a guy, girl. Oh, the same uh, tr- Like being attracted to someone? It's something totally, yeah, this, 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 this this is, like Cupid's arrow, no, this is, no, this is, this is basically that you say certain things or think certain things and you bring to yourself, like a magnet, right, whatever you're thinking or saying or desiring, you bring that to yourself, so if you think negative thoughts, you will bring negative outcomes upon yourself. If you think positive thoughts, you will bring positive outcomes upon yourself. And so, you know, these types of things are very, very, very big. And the self-help, the um, you know, self-motivation, the prosperity, basically, is Joe Osteen, right? Uh, it's exactly what he preaches and teaches. Yes, sister. This day. He doesn't he doesn't know. He doesn't allow us that.
1: But then he goes on and tells us which to choose. Exactly. You know, choose life and if they don't know it.
0: They mean, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's how it is. Absolutely. And our nature, right? <laughs> I can choose to fly, but my nature prevents me. So we are born with a sinful nature. We would never choose God Because we are dead in our sin, unless God makes us alive, we would never see Him or love Him. Yes, ma'am.
1: Sure. Yeah.
0: It's still not the law of attraction. I, I would say that it's, it's, it's not the name, of the law of attraction. It's just something that that people say that's faith that people today. But they did end up against all odds making the airplane, and the are in the air. They were having believers in what we would call today the law of attraction, and they were—they didn't call it that back then. But again, I, I would—I would just be again that beware of taking these worldly philosophies and putting a Christian uh, package on it. Job. No, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm just you know, saying it just for the sake of us all because it's not just the law of attraction. There are a lot of philosophies that we bring into Christianity from the world and we try to give it a name. You know. But we need to be aware of this. And I'll, I'll, I'll end with this. Job most righteous man on the face of the earth, right? Did what was right, loved, served, helped. What came upon him? Great trouble, great persecution, great turmoil. How did he attract that to himself? It had nothing to do with him. The Lord, the sovereign God, having a conversation with the devil said, you can do anything you want to him had absolutely nothing to do with what he said, what he thought, what he was determined to do, nothing to do with that. Salvation itself, John says, does not come by blood, by the will of the flesh, by any of that, but it is by the grace and mercy of God alone. So when it comes to our daily life, remember Job, to our very salvation itself, all of it, all of it, finds itself at the mercy of a sovereign God. And if he is against what you are determined to do, be absolutely sure it will not happen. Yeah. And so. I, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. But, uh, but that's, you know, to the point of what my wife was saying, like someone said, God creates, the devil can't create, all he can do is twist what God has already created. And that's exactly what is being done here. You, you will reap what you sow. Yeah. Okay. Well, good stuff. Father, we thank you that you do not deal with us according to our sin, that what we have sowed, you let your son reap. We have sowed rebellion and He wrapped wrath and You have given us mercy. Thank You, Lord, that You did not give us what we deserve. That we have sought to attract to ourselves, even ignorantly. You have spared us, Lord. What mercy and kindness. Please help us to be discerning. Please help us to be biblical. Please help us to have responses to the things that the world says and believes. And may we point them to You, to the truth. In Jesus' name, Amen.